goodness in Yeah, thank you, Daniel, for leading us and God's presence. Uh, and welcome to a Baltimore uh, snowstorm. And it's so good that uh, I'm so glad that you're here with us today. And uh, whether you're in person or online and uh, on our website or on Facebook, uh, we just uh, we're so excited about what the Lord is doing. And I have a message today I want to share with you on change, change from the book of Acts. We've been in um, the book of Luke, Luke, the upside down kingdom, upside down, and then Luke wrote the book of Acts, and we're continuing on in the book of Acts today, and I want to share with you this, uh, and the title of the message is Change, Problem or Planned? Problem or Planned? Next week, or two weeks, I think next week actually is the Super Bowl. If the Ravens aren't in it, I don't have nearly as much interest, sorry. Um, all you other Giants and Eagles and Steelers fans, but um, but Arians, who is the coach, the head coach of Tampa Bay Buccaneers, says it like this: No risk it, no biscuit. No risk it, no biscuit. And I want to share with you today about how God uses change in our lives for our good and for his glory. The main idea is that change is inevitable, but God has no problems in heaven, only plans. We all could say this morning that COVID has turned things upside down, and if COVID weren't enough, we live in a world that is now upside down. But in the middle of all of this, God has plans to turn everything right side up for his glory and for his eternal purposes. Can someone say amen? We're going to look at the story, the account today in the book of Acts, chapter 10 and chapter 11, how God used one person's obedience to him to set into plan, God's plans into motion that created a spiritual domino effect sort of a stone in the pond effect. How many of you have ever skipped stones in the pond? You know what I'm talking about. Or made a big, or as a, did a, as a kid, you did a big belly flop. In fact, I could probably do a bigger belly flop now off the diving board than I ever could in my life, but uh, that's not the type of risk I'm talking about this morning. But the waves that go out from that, and when we step into God's plans instead of our problems. This domino effect actualizes God's future for everyone involved in ever-widening circles. And Christians are supposed to not uh, merely endure change, but we are called to cause change. We're not merely to endure change or profit from chains, but we are called to cause chains in this world for the name of Jesus Christ. C.S. Lewis said, and I want you to catch this, there are far better things ahead than anything that we leave behind. Could you say amen? 
And so there's a backstory to this, and you and I no doubt are here today because one person, one person was pivotal in God's plan of redemption, and because of that, all of the known world became evangelized, and then the gospel message came to the United States. And this is the backstory of that change. It took place in Acts chapter 10 and 11. Peter, who was one of the original apostle, apostles and in the inner circle with, with uh, Jesus, um, he went to a place called Joppa. And we have a Joppa town or a Joppa near us, but that's not the place. And he stayed with Simon the Tanner, the tanned animal hides, and by the and, 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 and it was by the sea. And the Bible says this in Acts chapter 10 that after a while Peter got hungry and he went up, uh, he went up to pray. And I'll tell you, when, when I get hungry, I'm looking for the refrigerator. How about you? I mean, this, it's, yeah, but he's, he's more spiritual than I am. He went up to pray and he's on the rooftop. And what happened, Peter was radically challenged by God to radically obey him and go contrary to his culture and everything that he had been taught. We can follow along in verse uh, 28. I'll read this to you. And, and just prior to this, what the radical change was, was that as he was praying, there was this large uh, sheet that came down from heaven. And in this sheet were all the things that were considered unclean or unholy, that they were forbidden by uh, Jewish law to eat. Uh, things like uh, crabs, yes, crab cakes, shrimp, clams, oysters. Richard's Crab House would be out of business today. All of these things that they were forbidden to eat and the Lord said to him, Peter, arise and eat. And he said, oh no, Lord. He said, I cannot because these are unholy and unclean. In verse 28, um, uh, when Peter went to, to Cornelius' house, he said to him what the Lord has said. In verse 28, he said to them, you yourselves know that it is forbidden for a Jewish man to associate with or visit a foreigner, and yet God has shown me that I am not to call any person unholy or unclean. And what Peter did not know is that God was prepping his heart because God was already prepping the heart of a, of a Roman leader, Cornelius, to seek the fullness of God. And he was several miles away. And because Peter said yes to the Lord, he took the next step. Friends, I want us to know that following Jesus Christ is a series of small yeses that lead to big yeses in God's kingdom. At the same time, Cornelius, a Roman Gentile, was seeking God and His fullness. They, he sends people to the place where Peter, he's up on the roof praying, and they said, Cornelius wants you to come. 
And because God had said that the Gentiles were not to be called unclean anymore, Peter goes over to Cornelius' house with his whole household, and he had several of his friends that were there, and Peter preaches to them, and they are saved. They are saved. They're seeking God. They're the fullness of God. They're worshipers of God, but they did not know the way. Peter preaches to them, and the Holy Spirit falls on them just like it did on the day of Pentecost. This blew Peter's mind and those that were with them, and they said, look, it fell on them just like it did on us. And so, Acts chapter 11, verses 1 and 3, and if we have that, we'll, we'll read that. Now, the, So what happens then? The church leaders hear of this. And they take issue with Peter. I just want to say this. If you feel that God has done something special in your life, I want to encourage you to go to your spiritual covering. Just go. They may not agree with it, but it says something about you that you honor spiritual leadership and covering in a place. And there are times when God has done something in your life and you know it's from the Lord and you seek wisdom. And that's what Peter did. He went to them. And when we seek the wisdom, the Bible says in the multitude of counselors, there's wisdom. And so he goes before them, Acts chapter 1, 3, and the apostles and the brethren who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those who were circumcised took issue with him, saying, you went to the uncircumcised men and you ate with them. Now, this, you have to understand, you say, oh my, how unenlightened they were. Yes, and so was Peter. Peter needed this vision from God. And I, want, I just want to say this morning that I have found in my own life that when God has changed for me, He will visit me with unmistakable clarity. There will be some type of process that will bring that about in my life. And so, uh, they take issue with and then verses 16 and 18. Let's read this. And so, Peter gets up and he advocates for them and he said, I remember the word of the Lord and how he used to say, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, God gave to them the same gift as he gave to us also after believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was I that I could stand in God's way? And when they heard this, listen to this, they quieted down and glorified God saying, well then, God has granted to the Gentiles also the repentance that leads to life. I absolutely love the wisdom of these church leaders. It says they listened. I just, I want to say this. God might have something for your life that other people don't see. Or God might have something for your life and a lot of people see it, but you haven't seen it. But when you go and you seek godly counsel, you will know if it's of the Lord, this is one of the ways, if, 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 as if there's an issue that they have, 
as you share your heart and if it's based in God's Word, there will be wisdom that will come and like these people, they, they listened and they quieted down and they glorified God. Yeah. And so, the next thing is this. Their wisdom prevailed. Now, you might say, well, Pastor Paul, that's not such a big deal. Just wait just one second. This is one tiny step in what God is doing. So the next thing is this. God's plan for change leads to bigger things. It's rarely in following the Lord that we take one giant step off the cliff. Is there an amen? Friends, we don't know what God is doing. All we are called to do is to trust and obey what He's asking us to do. Most of the things that God has asked me to do in my life, when I've shared them with other people, they said, no, don't do that. Don't do that. When we planted grace, and many of you know the story, some of you don't. When we planted grace, we were in a very uh, a place of God's favor. The church was growing. I, I, was, I was the president of the local ministerium that included, you name it, the, the Baptists and the Methodists, and, and we, I was the Assembly of God guy. And we had much, a lot of favor with the government and with the superintendent of schools, and, and I became the first Protestant that was ever in, invited to preach in St. Mary's Roman Catholic Church of Ford City, Pennsylvania, because Father Paul and I had made friends. He had found a real relationship with the Lord. The Lord had baptized him in the Holy Spirit. And because of that, I, I preached and boldly declare, declared the gospel in the Roman Catholic Church. Now, they wanted to tar and feather him, particularly when he said, I'm shutting down Friday night bingo. And if any of you are from Pennsylvania and you know what Friday night bingo means to the local parish, but he said, from now on, we're going to start obeying God and tithing like the Assembly of God Church around the corner, and that's how we're going to support the work of the Lord. They really wanted to run him out of town, I'm telling you. But it was in a time of great favor, the favor of the Lord. And God spoke to my heart one day about planting grace right here. 39 years old and four daughters age 4 to 14, and we had just built a brand new home and we were planting another church out of our church and it was, I called the big bite of the ministry sandwich. It was going as well as I could have ever dreamed. And God said, would, I, would you plant a church in the Abingdon Bel Air area? That, we were down here visiting. We are quite frankly worn out from all the work and all the things going on. And the Lord spoke to me. And everyone that I talked with, everyone that I talked with said, no, you can't do that. You, what's going to happen? Your, your girls are, you're going to ruin them and you're going to starve. And look at me now, have I starved? That's all I want to know. Thank God for that sheet that came down out of heaven. You know, it's just, it's wide open. We came down and look what the Lord has done. Can someone say amen? Amen. No risk it, no biscuit. 
when God speaks to you, there are far better things in front of you than what you will leave behind. I couldn't have imagined it. How can you imagine? How can you imagine a, a beautiful home and and for the first time we weren't living in cramped quarters and all of our daughters had their own room with their own colors and overlooking the Allegheny River and how can you how you see that and it was just uh, oh God was so good to us and He asked us to sell all and 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 to leave everything behind to the the promise and all we had was what God put in our hearts but the hope and the vision that God gives friends listen is stronger than the realities that you and I experience at this present time and so when everyone said no and only my mom believed in me and a lot of you have heard this story and she said Paul you're almost 40 if you're going to do it do it now give him the neck give him the best years of your life rather than waiting till everything is all settled and you can afford to go there and God calls us to do things and we say yes Lord does it mean change yes it meant change we didn't know where we we're going to live we didn't have hey we didn't have no promises of income we didn't have anything you say man you're crazy no I might be crazy but I'm crazy for God but you can't say I'm crazy because you're sitting in the place that God birthed in my heart this place is not crazy how many know that God is good and so many times God has spoken to me to do things that everyone said not just don't do it you're crazy when I I'll just I'll just stop right there in Acts chapter 11 verse 19 and 21 so then those what happened what happened there was this severe persecution that came so then those were, who were scattered because of the persecution that occurred in, in connection with Stephen they made their way to Phoenicia Cyprus and Antioch that that was that was Antioch was now going to what Acts 1:8 said was be the uttermost parts of the world persecution before that it started in Jerusalem they kicked some out of the city they went to Judea they went to Samaria but this was radical they went to a place that was instead of 90% Jewish and 10% Gentile they went to a place that was 90% Gentile and 10% Jewish to total totally different They flee there, and that was a problem. But the Bible says they continued preaching to the Jews. That's what they knew. Years ago, there was a book that came out, Who Moved My Cheese? How many have read, read that? Yeah, it was a great book. You know, about these little mice. Every day they went through this thing, there's the cheese. And then on one day, all of a sudden, the cheese is gone. Or there's just a few crumbs. And they're looking around. And then they start arguing. Then they start blaming. Then they sit down. They pout. How many, you know what it means to pout. Just look at, like, you got a three-year-old? Just, you know, one of, one of our grandsons. 
drops the toys and shoulders drops, head drops, and they pouted. But there were, because someone moved their cheese, but then there was a few more, they started looking about. They started smelling. They started looking about, and they found the new place, the new way to the cheese. And so the church, they went to this Antioch, and they continued preaching to the Jews because that's what they knew what to do. And thank God for their faithfulness but God had a, a change plan. But let's read on. And it said, But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks also, preaching the Lord Jesus. Can someone say, Thank you, Lord. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a large number who believed turned to the Lord. That was God's change plan. Verse 22 says this, not only is the hand of the Lord with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord, but this is what happened. Remember the guys, the, the church leadership in Acts chapter 10 that took issue with Peter because he ate with Gentiles? Remember that? Listen, God did a work in their heart and you never know who you're affecting for God when you say yes to God. It's not just about our yes to God, but it has this collateral, uh, not damage, but this collateral work, this collateral life that springs out. These same people, when they heard that the Gentiles were coming in, they sent a man by the name of Barnabas and Barnabas was known as the son of encouragement. They knew that the Gentiles did not follow Jewish law. They knew that they were not circumcised. They knew that they were probably eating crab cakes and shrimp and everything else, but they knew that. But the guy that they sent was Barnabas to encourage and to disciple rather than to say, now you got to follow this rule, you got to follow that rule, you got to do this, you got to do that. And as a result of that, God was also working, and there was this guy in Acts chapter 9 by the name of Saul. How many remember Saul? Saul, the persecutor of the church, was breathing out threats. He was there. You see the progression, Acts chapter 8, 8, 9, 10, 11, and then you keep following this on. In Acts chapter 8, there was one of the, one of the uh, leaders in the church by the name of Stephen. He was a deacon filled with the Holy Spirit, and, and he, people are being healed, and people are being saved, and, and the Jewish authorities hated him so much, they stoned him. Read chapter 8. What a horrible death. These stones are throwing them like this and they're all frothed up and lathered up and, and, and it's just a terrible way to die. You don't die quickly like that. Horrible. And he's there kneeling and he said, oh God, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And guess who was, who, guess who, guess who was holding their coats? This guy by the name of Saul, this brilliant young attorney. But God was using a problem that people would see as a problem. He was working on Saul's life and Saul was so 
filled with anger and hate because he was the Judaizers of Judaizers that he actually got letters from the government, the religious leaders, and he's hotly pursuing and going into the house of believers and dragging them out and having them killed. That's Acts chapter 8. But something happens in Acts chapter 9. Paul, while breathing, breathing threats against the believers, he's, I guess, riding on a horse or he's on something. He's going down to Damascus Road and out of heaven, there comes a blinding light and God broke through and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And in that sudden revelation, Saul was knocked to the ground. He was blinded. But God broke through. There was a man by the name of Ananias. And God spoke to Ananias. And he said, go and find Saul. And he said, God, Lord, this is the guy that's killing everybody. And he said, no, I have a great work for him to do. He came to Ananias. Ananias laid hands on him. Scales fell off Paul's eyes and his eyes were opened. And God changed his name from Saul to Paul, who is my namesake. And he became the great lion of God. And he had a lot of, he had a lot of work to do because he wanted to tell everybody what Jesus had done in his life and Jesus was the Messiah and the Christians were going like uh, I don't think so. But he proved himself. That's Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 10. Peter's on the roof. God shows him a revelation. He goes to Cornelius' house. They're saved. The Spirit falls on them. The same leaders then in Acts chapter 11, they take issue with him. But he boldly advocates for them because they're wise and they're spiritual. They listened and they quieted down. They glorified God. They realized that God was at work and they would embrace it and be an advocate for it even if they couldn't reach those people themselves. How many hear what I'm saying? Acts chapter 11 then, when they heard what was going, they sent Barnabas. Go, oh, man, you can do this. I can't reach him, but you can. And then guess who Barnabas called for? Anyone want to take a wild guess, anybody? He called for Paul. He called for Paul because he realized God had his hand on Paul's life, but he probably needed to get out of that situation. And he called Paul. And they stayed there for a year and the church at Antioch just began to explode and they became the second great center of Christianity and through the church at Antioch, Paul's missionary's journey converted the known world. So I'm going to have, the, just, just a moment, I'm going to have uh, Chris come and then I'll call for the band after he's finished. Change is coming for God's people and His church. I believe this with all my heart. For He was 
a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and considerable numbers were added to the Lord, and he left for Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for an entire year, they met with the church and taught considerable numbers of people, and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Change. God turns us upside down to turn us right side up. God is doing something in our life. Listen, I happen to believe that COVID I just this is what I know. Things have been turned upside down. I believe, I really believe this. We're watching our hopes in the political system be dashed. Dashed. I want to I want to say this. It doesn't make any difference what side of the aisle you fall on or if you walk straight down the middle. If you are proud of either one of the sides when they act vengeful and do ungodly things, that's the wrong place to look. Listen, we're not, we're not watching John Wayne movies here where someone comes in and shoots everyone up. You, you hear what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm not, listen, whether you're red or blue or green, it, it really doesn't make a difference. Our hope must be in the Lord. Can someone say praise God? I believe that God is preparing the church. I believe that revival's coming. The kingdoms of this world are falling. Change is here. Change is coming. We want to embrace change. We want to embrace what God is doing. God is on the throne. Praise God. And... uh, God is breaking out. We're, we've been in a time of, of prayer and fasting, and God has been doing some wonderful things. So I've just asked Chris Wagner to come, and he's got, um, I, I love Chris. And uh, man, I, I mentioned once before, I said, man, he's ripped, you know, and just like, then I found out he, he also, he boxes. Uh, you just come close, you know, and uh, yeah. But the other night, you're in worship practice. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And there was, it ended, but it really didn't end. No, it just began. Went on for another two hours, so (laughs) go ahead. Yeah, Yeah, tell me. Yeah, so Pastor Paul asked me to share uh, what happened Thursday night. Um, It was beautiful, uh, absolutely beautiful. Um, So as we got to our last song, you know, we just, we sat and we sat in the presence of God. We just continued to worship. What started at seconds ended up going into a minute, uh, which ended up turning into more minutes, uh, which was lovely. But as we were sitting in the presence of God, you know, he started to speak to people. The Holy Spirit came down, and he started to speak to people. Uh, and a few people shared a few words, which were just marvelous. Um, and, you know, as Kayla, she, she stood up, and uh, she spoke a word that, she, uh, that God gave to her. And she didn't necessarily know who it was for, but she still um, you know, just very boldly proclaimed it, which is beautiful. And at that moment, I just had this overwhelming just feeling of just a burning passion, of just joy. And <laughs> you know, it's, it was just so beautiful. At the same time, I, I kept, I was weeping. And I didn't really, I don't, I didn't really know, but it was, it was just complete joy. And to go back a few, uh, a few weeks when I was boxing, as Pastor Paul said, I got punched in the face and uh, my nose was all messed up a little bit. 
And it wasn't like a, you know, a serious injury. However, it was just more of a mere annoyance uh, throughout my weeks. Uh, you know, I move it, bruise and all that stuff. So anyway, at the time, uh, Thursday night, when I'm, you know, I'm weeping, I'm just completely wrecked of uh, just joy. And I had this, like, this tingling, burning sensation going only in my nose. And it was just the most weird thing, I thought. And I went to go grab my nose, and I moved it, and there was absolutely zero pain at all. God healed yeah. me in that situation. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. you know, praise God. Give the, yeah, give the glory to God. And at that moment, you know, you know I was like, you know, God, why, why my nose out of all things? Like, you know, it hurt, but it wasn't like, you know, a serious injury. But God doesn't care about the severity of a situation. God wants to heal and work in any situation, regardless of the size, small or large. And I'd even ask God for healing, but he knows what I needed. <laughs> And, you know, honestly, when I had that, I, I realized that the word that Caleb was given, it was meant for me. It was meant for me. And I, I don't think I would have realized that without God really coming and his presence coming upon me. And <laughs> it's just, it's so beautiful. I don't, it's, it's words really can't explain it, honestly, how, how great it is. The, the presence of God, the healing, uh, the words that he gives us. And um, I think, you know, coming from this, I just wanted to encourage everyone, uh, encourage their faith, uh, and just believe that God is here for us uh, and that he wants, us to, he wants to work through us uh, in all situations. Yes. So, yeah, thank, thank you. you. Oh, yeah, man, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. yeah, and you, yeah. And Chris, you really gave your life to the Lord. It wasn't that long ago, was it? No, uh, it was actually uh, so October 13th of 2019 which honestly was just a little bit more than a year ago but yeah, yeah. it was yeah. beautiful so good yeah. terrific yeah and uh th hey grace thank you for uh not only being open but just loving chris and thank yes, you thank chris you. i man i love preaching i look down your bible's open and yeah <laughs> you just that's like throwing red meat you know i mean it's just it's there so we love you appreciate you appreciate god's, god's touches on your life yes. amen yes. god thank bless you. you thank, thank you. you so much yeah we're going to have the band come. You'd come right now. And, uh, yeah, praise God. Change. Change is coming. We've heard testimonies recently of God healing. I met with our uh, district this week. You know, we've, there's a property, a Bel Air Assembly of God, that was closed down. But they said they, they'd like to... Um, They'd like us to be responsible for it. They've got to vote on it. And, but what I know is that God, grace, God is calling us to reach people that aren't coming here to grace. And I don't know what that looks like. I do know that that's, it's, it's bigger than a property. So whether we get that or not, that's not the issue. The issue is what God is calling us to, praise God. I believe that I, I believe that God wants to continue to break out, break forth, and so that in the days that are ahead, that our that this gathering of believers will be known as a place of character and integrity, of deep passion and commitment to the Lord, to do whatever is necessary to whatever He calls us to do. I want to encourage you to, uh, if 
You might be in a situation where God is challenging you with change. I want to encourage you to trust God's plan rather than fear your problem. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Surrender your life to God's purposes. When you do, you'll find victory and new freedom. Listen to the Lord. Listen to the Lord. And your heart will quiet down. And you'll begin to glorify God in the freedom that he has for you. Helen Keller, that wonderful woman who was blind, responsible for the Braille system, a deep, devoted follower of Christ, she said these words, to keep our faces towards change and behave like free spirits in the presence of faith is strength and undefeatable. I, don't, I know that change is coming. I know that change is coming. But I also know that God is at work and where he leads that we will follow. Praise his name. I want to encourage you this way, church, you that, have, you that are older in the Lord, be an advocate for change. Change would, probably wouldn't happen unless Peter was an advocate. Be bold for it. Be bold for it. I, uh, I, I was, uh, as I heard Chris this morning, and, and uh, I'll just say this, the Lord has done some work in my life uh, recently. And so I noticed his arm. I couldn't help it. He's got a tat on this arm. I'm hard telling what else he has. But, uh, you know, I just want to say this. Um, God is calling us to look on the heart rather than the outward appearance. And you might say, oh, Pastor Paul, that's nothing. Listen, when you're raised like I was raised, it was a sin to get tattoos. Does anyone else know that? Yeah, you're like, oh my goodness, how was he raised? Well, whatever raising it was, here I am. But it's not about the tattoos. It's about what God wants us to see as he sees. How many understand that? Yes. There's new freedom, victory. Be an advocate for change. Let's be willing to give up some of our blessings so other people can be blessed and brought to Jesus Christ. My family had an aunt. We had an aunt, Aunt Jeanette, who never could have children. She, she lost know, six kids through miscarriages. Never could have children. But I'm going to tell you, she was present at all of our birthday parties. All, we vacationed with her. She made good money. All the, every Christmas she was there. But my mom and dad were, really didn't have much. They couldn't afford anything for her. She'd buy us a new uh, chest of drawers. She'd buy us this. She'd buy, she was an advocate for change. And you and I can be an advocate for change in someone's life. And then get in the game. Experience new life where God is moving. Change is painful. But nothing is as painful as staying stuck somewhere where you don't belong. And ultimately, Leonard Ravenhill said this, the question is not were you challenged, but were you changed? My desire, and I sense your desire, 
is for God, as we embrace change, for God to challenge us and make us stronger than we've ever been. With victory and freedom in the Lord, praise his name, praise God. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. I want to pray for you. I'm going to have the, the prayer teams, Josh has a prayer team coming over here, and the Stoffers, uh, the leaders in the church will be over here. I want to ask this this morning. You bow your heads and close your eyes. How many of you are in a place where you feel that God is bringing change to your life? Would you just raise your hand this morning? Yes, just raise your hand. Raise your hand. Yes. I want to pray for you. I want to say this. Don't be afraid of change. The Lord gave me a word when I was prepping this message. As I am pouring out my spirit on all flesh. But you need to move where I am moving. You will be empowered. You will utilize my gifts of the spirit. You will be filled with grace and strength and joy and energized by my work. No longer will you say, I have to do things out of duty but your desire will be restored so that you say, I can't wait to do and obey. God wants you to know that if, as you place your faith in Jesus Christ, that your faith will outrun your fear and it will overcome it. And you will experience a strength like you have not known before. Praise God. Praise the Lord. As you're with us online, you're here this morning, God has spoken to your heart, first of all, Several have raised their hands this morning. I want to pray for you. The first step is to turn our lives over to Jesus Christ. This morning, if you want to turn your life over to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you want to come to Him and say, Lord, I, I'm going to say a big yes to you to be my Savior. If that's you, would you raise your hand wherever you are? Just raise it right now and say, I'm going to take this step. I'm going to cross the line of faith, put my faith in Jesus Christ. Praise God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' strong name, Lord, we love you this morning. We love you that life in you is always new. There's change that comes, but your mercies are new every morning. Your faithfulness is great. Lord, we ask that you would commission our souls. We love you, Lord. We praise you. Lord, I, you know the heart of everyone that's here and what you've spoken to them. I pray for courage, for faith, for strength, Lord, that as we move, as we accept and embrace the change that you're bringing to our life, Lord, we would rather go where you're moving than ever stay and be stuck. We thank you for it now. In Jesus Christ's strong name, I pray these things. Amen.